So how many of you have ever wrestled with God? What happened to my back? (laughs) Everybody, if you have your Bibles here, which everybody should at this point, turn to 2 Kings. Old Testament, second chapter of King, or second Kings, in chapter six. Come on, she's downstairs. So Second Kings, chapter six, and the praise team was talking about this this morning. The battle does not belong to us doesn't belong to our enemies it belongs to the lord in the second chapter of or second kings chapter 6 the king of syria is going against israel and elisha the prophet kept telling them where the syrian army was going to be so they could avoid it and this irritated the king of syria He said, which of you, which of my commanders, which one of you in my army, the Syrian army, is telling the Israelites where we're going to be? And all the commanders, all the men in the army said, it's none of us, Lord. They referred to their king. It's not us telling on our position. It's that prophet from Israel. It's Elisha. And so the king of Syria got pretty mad so we need to take out Elisha because he's given away our position. He's, he's ruining the battle plan. And so the king of Syria finds out that Elisha and his servant are in this particular city, and he sends his troops, and they surround the city. They're after two men. One man, actually, Elisha, the one that was hearing from the Lord. Sent the entire army, though, to surround the city to take out this man of God. And it says, early in the morning, let me find my place here. Actually, the word in verse 11 says, it enraged the king of Aram. Verse 15, when the servant of the man of God, when the servant of Elisha got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And look at his words, oh no, my Lord, speaking to Elisha, what shall we do? We're surrounded. There's no hope. Elisha answered and said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And because the servant was only seeing with his natural eyes, he couldn't see what Elisha was talking about. All he could see was the army of the Syrians surrounding them to take them out, to kill them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hill, hills full of horses and chariots and f- a fire all around Elisha. So who's greater, those that are coming against you or those that are with you in the Lord's army? So should we be afraid of anything? No. Should we be worried about the enemy that arrays himself against us? No. We shouldn't be but we still have the battle. So 
So open up our eyes, Lord. Let's, everybody keep your eyes open. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, open our eyes so that we can see. We can see that the enemy that's arrayed against us is nothing in your eyes. It's nothing in the eyes of those that are coming to help us. The battle's not ours. It's yours. You've already won it, as they said this morning. We have to stand. We have to be prepared because he's going to continue to try and deceive us and fool us into thinking that the battle has not been won. But we need to be like Elisha's servant and allow him to open up our eyes and see what God is doing for us. So... So how many of you are happy with the state of the world right now? How about our country? You know, born and raised here in the United States, I know we've got a few representatives that were not born here in the States but have come here and called us their home now. But all of us that were born and raised here, all of us that call this country, the United States of America, are we happy with the way things are in this country right now? No. Okay. Okay, how about this region? No. The town you live in? No. What about this church? Yes. Yes. Okay, don't answer so quickly. <laughs> how many of you are happy with the state of your family? Okay, we're a family. Is there room for eyes to be opened? The only way that the world is going to change, the only way that this country is going to change, the only way my family is going to change, this church is going to change, is if God changes my heart. Yeah. So no matter what you're looking at, no matter what you're seeing happening in this world, you have no power in yourself to change anything until you allow the change to go on right here. This Thursday, this past Thursday, we had our little granddaughter here with us at church. My wife and I, Ann, were working here, and her other set of grandparents also work here, Donna. And our little granddaughter, Azalea, just turned five last Monday, 5th of, 4th of October, five years old. Precious little, little girl. She was standing in my office right over there having a little snack, and she was having some vanilla almond granola, just munching out of it out of this little bowl. And I'm just sitting there watching her. Not a care in the world. Just enjoying her little snack. And every now and then she would kind of look over at me and just give me this sweet little smile. Not a care in the world. She was happy. She was content because of the surroundings that she was in. And it touched my heart. Is What kind of world are we giving her? What kind of family is she in? And even this morning as I was sitting back there and I was thinking about it, it brought tears to my eyes. Five-year-old little girl, precious. Not a care in the world as long as we're watching out for her, taking care of her. She's enjoying her snack. Not a care in the world. What kind of world are we leaving to her? What kind of church are we leaving to her? And it all starts right here. Is if my heart is hard, 
if I'm looking out for myself, if I'm being selfish, then I'm not going to be looking out for her best interests. I'm not going to be allowing God to speak to my heart in such a way that it breaks me and breaks, excuse my language, the crap out of my life that needs to be gone so that I can serve him with my whole heart. The graphic up on the screen there, choose this day. That's what we have every single day. We have a choice. And the scripture that this is from that I'm going to talk a little bit about is Joshua 24:15. Very familiar verse, I'm sure, with most of you. Is every single day, every morning when we wake up, we've got a choice. We're either going to serve ourselves, we're going to serve the world, or we're going to choose and serve the living God. That's the choice we've got. Choose the world or choose God. And Joshua, when he was speaking to the people, he was the leader of the nation at that point. Moses has gone on to be taken into eternity. And Joshua said, these are the things that are going to happen. God brought us out of Egypt, brought us across the Red Sea, drowned, killed our enemy, kept those that, were, that had held us in bondage and slavery for 400 years, Wiped them out. Egypt was no longer, it has never been a world power ever since then. And Joshua said, on the other side of that, walk in the promised land. These are the promises that God has given us. That if we follow him and if we take after his commandments with our whole hearts, these are the blessings that we will get. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. The blessings of God by following his commandments. Or... If you want to go back and serve slavery, if you want to be a slave again to the powers of Egypt, whatever it is that's holding you in slavery, and I'm talking to each one of us right now, whatever is holding you in bondage, whatever's holding you in slavery today, you can continue to be shackled to that, or you can allow the love and the power of God to break you free from that. Amen. It's a choice, Amen. the choice that we have to make every single day. And Joshua said, we can choose the blessings or we can choose the curses. And Joshua goes on to say, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So every single morning when you wake up, you need to make that same declaration. Is I'm going to serve my own desires or am I going to serve the Lord? And what's that look like? Every single one of us is a different thing that we have to do in choosing who we're going to serve this day. Are we going to choose to glorify or to gratify the flesh and the desires of the flesh? Or are we going to sacrifice our desires to allow the living God to take over and truly change us into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ? That's the choice I'm hoping every single one of you is making. You know, you're sitting here for some reason today. You're sitting here because you wanted to hear something that God wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak life to you. He wants to speak freedom to you. One of the verses that God has you know, kept reminding me of over and over again is Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58, verse 6. God's speaking through Isaiah, and he says, Is this not the fast I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry and that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house, 
when you see the naked, that you cover him and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth as the morning and your health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before, <clears throat> before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your reward. That's what the church is supposed to be right there. That's what Jesus came to do was to set the captives free, to break chains off of people, to loose the shackles. He wants to do that with us. He wants to break you free from whatever it is, the addictions, the, the sins that so easily beset us. Those are things God wants to set you free from. But he doesn't force you to let go of them. He says, come to me, those who are heavy and burdened, and he'll take the chains off of you. So how can we change the world? By letting him change our heart. Choose this day whom you will serve. We all have to make that choice. I can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. If you have children, let your children break your heart to such a point that you see there's no other option. I did that one time years ago. Our oldest son, Jacob, he was probably only six, seven years old. And I remember he was, had had a rough day. I think he was a little sick that day. And so I was in praying as he was sleeping. And at one point, it just hit me hard. Loved my son, my third child, Ananias' third child. And it just hit me. I don't want him to be like me. That was hard. Because I had some issues that I needed to deal with. And the things that I knew that were in my own heart, I didn't want my son growing up like that. And so I literally sat there and cried. And I'm not a crier. Right, Ann? I, for a long time, didn't think I needed emotions. And God has changed that. But it just hit me so hard that the way I'm living my life, the way I'm acting, the way I put on a facade, that's not how I want my children to be. And the only way for that to change is to repent. As I was kneeling by his bed praying, it broke me and how I took care of my children. I still failed, I still had issues, I still had to ask them for forgiveness, but it's a process that God will break you a little bit of time because if he were to break all the sin off of me at one time, it would overwhelm me. And that's the love God has for us, is he doesn't just say, you are so wretched, but we're gonna do a complete overhaul and just change everything in a moment, okay? We couldn't handle it. That's why when Moses was saying, God, I want to see your face. And I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but God said, you can't handle it. In the same way, he said, you can't handle all of God's truth at one time. So he reveals it a little bit to us at a time. Because he knows in our, our weaknesses and our frailties, we can't handle all of who God is. All the love that God has for you, we can't handle it. And so what he will do in his love and his mercy is he will reveal a little bit of himself at a time. And as we grow, as we get more intimate with him, we're able to handle a little bit more and a little bit more. And he slowly, as we're able, as we're willing, is he will transform us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. But it does not happen all at one time. Because again, we can't handle it. And so in his love and mercy, he takes his time with you. We get frustrated. 
It's like, God, why aren't you doing this? I asked you to deliver me from this. The question to ask is not why aren't you delivering me from this, but what do I need to learn as you are delivering me from it? What do we need to learn? Choose this day. What are we going to learn from God today? Every single one of us has more that we can learn from God, the things that we need to understand about who he truly is. And his love, his glory is beyond what we can comprehend. So that's why when Moses said, show me your glory, he told Moses, go stick your face in the rock. And eventually, after many things had happened, God revealed the train of his glory because that's all Moses could handle at that time. And so what are you ready to handle? Do you want to handle the glory of God? If you do, it's a choice. God, reveal yourself to me. God, reveal the wickedness of my own heart and allow it to be cleansed. It's a process of time. Just so everybody's aware, you know, this isn't my message from today. <laughs> this is, Anne asked me numerous times as I was preparing my message and have all these notes written down here, is what's your message about? And I would tell her, and it's like, just something kept sitting with me that this isn't really my message. All these notes I've got written down here for you. Um, it's not what God showed me I needed to talk about. Is in God's timing, he will reveal things to us to break us free, to allow us to come to a different level of understanding, a different level of his love that we've never been able to comprehend before. And so that's my prayer. That's my reason for even being here is because God will use us when we make ourselves available. And so every single one of you, no matter what your story is, that whatever you're going through right now, God will use you if you lay your life down. You know, the whole, the whole story of the cross, what's going on, you know, when Jesus came and lived as a man, offered himself up as a sacrifice, everything he did on that cross was for you. Okay, it wasn't for us. I want you to make this personal, is whatever your name is, whatever your condition, why you're sitting here, is you are the reason that Jesus put himself on that cross. He was the son of God. He didn't have to do it. God in his infinite wisdom and his infinite power, he could have done like he did at the time of Noah and just wiped everything out and said, we're starting over again. There's no hope for these people. They're wicked. They're going to do their own things. At the end of Judges, it even says, the book of Judges says, every man did what was right in his own eyes. So there's so many times in our history that God could have just said, they don't get it. They don't understand what I do for them, how I love them. And he could have just wiped us all out and said, we're starting over again, Jesus. Let's do a new creation. But in his love and his mercy for his creation, he's patient with us. He's patient with us. That as we're sitting here today as you know, Christians around this world, 
are calling on the name of Jesus, he's being patient with every single one of us. And he's waiting for you to get to the point where you say, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need your help. And that's why the cross is there. It's to be a constant reminder that we don't have to do it ourselves, that we're not fighting this battle against innumerable enemies, all-powerful enemies. We're doing it through the power and the love of Jesus Christ. So that's why you're here today, is to lay down your burdens, to lay down the things that are holding you back and imprisoning you, holding you shackled to a wall that in spite of the things that you see going on around you, that he who is for you is so much greater than those that are arrayed against you. We need to get that truth. We need to hold on to it and run with it. Because the only way that my family is going to change is by me changing. The only way this church is going to change is by me changing, by you changing. You know, if you call this place your home church, you need to embrace the love of God and allow it to change you in a way that you can become more passionate about the things of God. Yeah, I understand you have to work, you have your daily routines, you've got kids to take care of, but all of those things will become easier if you turn yourself completely over to God. It's one of those paradigms that doesn't make sense that if I spend more time with God, I actually have more time with my wife. If I spend more time with God, I have more to pour out of myself to my children and my grandchildren. The more time I spend with God, the more time I have to devote to the things of his work. You know, there's still only 24 hours in a day, but in God, you are so much more productive. You're working in so much more power than you actually have in yourself. But we have to embrace it. We have to say, Lord, take me and use me. Are you willing to do that? Who in here is willing to say, Lord, take me and use me for your purposes? Okay, let's be active in this. Who's willing to do that? Are you tired of just walking around doing normal things in your life, struggling? God, use me. Can you guys put the slide up of the people kneeling in the church? This is a picture from, I think it was 1915, World War One, And I've seen this picture numerous times. Um, one of the books I read occasionally, it's in there. As a young child, this picture was kind of odd, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, wasn't raised in the church. But what you're seeing here is a church that had been bombed out. The people said, we don't care that our churches is bombed out and it's rubble, we're, we're kneeling on you know, piles of bricks, is we want to be in God's presence. We need to come together as believers because that's where the strength can come from is that if you try and do this walk with Christ all on your own, you're a, good, you're a target. You know, in Second Peter it says that the enemy 
roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. And if you know the plans of the, a lion pride, is they don't attack the bull. They don't go after the strong part of the herd, do they? What do they do? And not even the weak one. What they do is they will try and stampede the herd. Get them separated. Wear them out. Have them trampled. You know, the young will not be able to keep up with the herd. And so the enemy, our enemy, he will try and divide us. He'll try and get you to think, well, you can do this on your own. You don't need the church. You don't need the body of Christ. You don't need each other. It's a lie. I've been there, done that. It's like, I don't need anybody else. I can figure this out on my own. It's a lie. We need each other because we're weak. I mean, some of you guys in here, you got, you know, big 20-inch biceps and that. You're strong, tough guys, right? Okay. Okay. But you're still weak. You can't do this on your own. Ladies, I'm not going to tell any of you you have 20-inch biceps. But we need each other. We need to have the herd mentality is that there's safety in our numbers. There's safety in coming together. Is that in doing that, we can encourage each other. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about courage and encouraging each other. And the mirror of that is discouragement. Is that if I come in here and tell you guys you're all weak, worthless, and not going to amount to anything, that's not real encouraging words, is it? Okay? You wouldn't be encouraged by that, Don? Okay? So if it's somebody that's, a, you know, as a parent, if you speak that to your child, it's going to discourage them. It's going to take courage away from them. God wants to build us up. He wants to give us courage to walk this thing out. And that's part of gathering what this is supposed to be about. It's about encouraging each other. It's about sharing testimonies like we've done so many times now over the last few weeks, over the last few months, is we're sharing testimonies of how God has taken a frail person and broken chains off of them and the newness of life that they now have in themselves. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this thing called church. I mean, every single one of you could find something more entertaining to do on a Sunday than be sitting here in church. Okay? But you're not. So thank you. Thank you for understanding that God wants to use this place, and I'm going to talk about PF specifically, is he wants to use us as a place that Isaiah 58 verses 6 through 10 is a reality where when people come through those doors, they're welcomed. No matter what they look like, no matter how they talk to you, and no matter what their appearance is, is they are welcomed in here because every single one of us had a point in our lives where we needed the love of Christ. We all still need it. But when somebody walks through those doors looking for an answer, looking for an, a place to gain some hope, a place to have their story heard, that's what we need to be. We need to be a place where not just myself, not just AJ or the other elders, the leaders, every single one of you needs to be the person that if someone walks through those doors broken and out of hope, every single one of you needs to be a person that's able and willing to step up and say, how are you doing today? And actually listen 
for more than a microsecond when they say, oh, I'm fine, but you can tell they're lying. Because we all lie. How many of you today came in, somebody asked you how you're doing, oh, I'm fine, but you're not. We need to stop lying to each other. We need to stop lying to ourselves and understand this is a place that can bring healing. Because we have the power of Christ. We have the blood of Jesus waiting to be given. Speaking in faith. Speaking in faith. Living in faith. Loving in faith. We know what to do. But sometimes doing it is not the easy part. Because we get comfortable. We're afraid of each other. Because we're more concerned about what we can see with our natural senses than we are with what the spiritual battle that's going on inside every single one of us. It's a battle. You know, months ago I talked about the battle plan and we're still literally living it. We're talking about it. Is that we're in a spiritual battle for the very soul, for the very heart of this church, for this region, for this nation, for the world. But again, it starts back here with one person. Can you change the world? Yes. In Christ, you can change the world. All it takes is a willing heart, a broken heart, and a restored heart to take the things that God gives you. Because every single one of you has gifts and talents in you. Do every single one of you believe that? Do you have gifts and talents inside you that God's given you? Are you using them? If you're not, if you don't know that you have gifts, if you don't know what your gifts are, ask. Ask the people that are around you. If you're married, ask your spouse, what gifts and talents do I have? If you've got a good group of friends, they can a lot of times tell you, what gifts and talents do I have? And then understand that the gifts and the talents that God has given you, that he's put inside of you, are not for your own use. They're for the body of Christ's benefit. So every single one of you have a plan and a purpose that God created you for. And the reason that you're sitting here today is because you have a purpose in God's kingdom to take his kingdom and push it outside these walls. Because if we only play church, if we only love God while we're sitting here on Sunday mornings, we're missing it. That's not what God's intention was. He created you, 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 all of you for a purpose. And if we're not fulfilling it, this body isn't as healthy as it should be. And I know those of you in my ISIM classes, you've heard this example many times. You've probably heard it sometime. You know, that this thing that we call a physical body has a lot of different parts. Forty quadrillion cells. Make up any number you want with big zeros after it. That's how many cells make you into you. Every single cell, every system that's inside of me has a purpose. It's not there. We may not understand all the purposes that, you know, the parts of us have. But every part has a purpose in keeping me alive and healthy to do the jobs that God has created me to do. You are the body. That's why Paul uses that analogy over and over again. We are the body of Christ. So Matt, you get to be the spleen today. Okay? Sissy, you're a pancreas. Okay? Sissy decides, I don't want to be the pancreas today. I'm going to take my gifting and I'm out of here. 
Okay? So now the body no longer has a pancreas. We're still alive, but are we functioning as well as we should? Okay? So that's my call to every single one of you sitting here today is whatever your gifting is, whatever part you play in this body, if you're not doing your part, this body isn't functioning as well as it should. It's not as healthy as it should be. And so I'm asking every single one of you, step up. Find out what the gifts and talents are that are inside of you and know that God put them there for the benefit of his kingdom. Not to make your life easier, not to make your life glamorous, any of these things that you may think or want out of living the Christian life. It's about doing the battle. It's about working for the things that God wants to work through this church, work through you, is we're all part of his plan. We just have to embrace it. So choose this day. Are we just going to keep going on like everything's normal, like everything's you know, quiet here in this part of the world? I mean, living here in northwest Pennsylvania, you know, when I was going to school here, the joke was all the hot trends, all the new fads that were happening in California, L.A., Chicago, New York City, it took them four or five years to get here. Is that true, those of you that grew up in the area? Yeah. Okay. Because we were so isolated from the rest of the world. We were backwoods, whatever, you know. But it was peaceful here. Okay. Things have changed. We can no longer say that the things that are going on in this world aren't going to have an impact on us because they'll have an impact a lot quicker than they used to. Okay. So the things that we see going on in other cities, other parts of this country, they're creeping their way here. So are we ready to stand up for the truth? Yes. Proclaim the love of Christ no matter what is going on around us, no, what, no matter what the enemy or raid around our city looks like? Are we going to have our eyes opened up and know that he who is for us is greater than those that are arrayed against us? That's, right. That's the constant reminder we have to do. When we choose this day who we're going to serve, it's a reminder that he is with us that through Christ, he sent us the Holy Spirit to walk this thing out, to empower us, to teach us, to give us hope that it's not just about us. It's about the plans and the purposes he has. So this morning, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. At this point, everybody go ahead and close your eyes. I want your physical eyes closed. And as I pray, concluding our service this morning, I'm going to pray that God will open up our spiritual eyes. And if that's something that you want, if you want more of God, I want you to raise your hands. Put your hands up and say, Lord, please open up my spiritual eyes. Help me to see what I've been missing. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy that you constantly shower upon us. Lord, I thank you that your son, Jesus Christ, was obedient to come and die on the cross for my sins, for all of our sins. And that you want to use me. You want to use us. You want us to be a place where people can come and find hope. 
that can find salvation in your son, Jesus Christ. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit. That as we leave here, we won't just throw off the things that we've heard, that we will take them into our hearts, Lord. Bring newness of life. Bring a new passion for the things that you are doing in this world. That this world is dying, it's lost, it's going to hell. as we stand upon the rock who is Christ, we will be a place that people can climb out of the prison that they're in, the bondage that they're in, break the chains off, free the slaves, that your name will be glorified. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Go and be blessed. Choose this day who you will serve.